Oramai. Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. We're heading off to the beach this morning, not for a paddle or an ice cream, although there was a lot of that happening round me when I was there a few days ago. But instead, we're going to meet someone who's affectionately called the King of Scripture Union. It's certainly not how Miles McBean would describe himself, but there's no doubt about the fact that his role as National Director of Scripture Union in England and Wales does carry a fair bit of responsibility with it. Miles was here on the island for a couple of days to take a look at the Port St Mary's Scripture Union Beach Mission. But, as you'll hear in a few minutes, that's not really what we talked about when we met up at Malmore, the beach mission headquarters on the promenade in Port St Mary. But, as we usually do, let's start with some music. And there's a particular reason why I've chosen a very traditional Methodist hymn to start us off. Thou whose almighty word chaos and darkness heard and took their flight. Ministries contemporary recording of a stirring hymn from the 19th century Primitive Methodist hymn book. And there's going to be a special service and an exhibition to mark the 250th anniversary of the birth of Hugh Bourne, one of the two co-founders of Primitive Methodism. It's next Sunday morning in Union Mills. A visiting preacher, Dr Tim McQuibben, will tell the story of an inspirational man with a message as relevant today as it was 200 years ago. Listen out for more details on our notice board at the end of the programme. But now it's time to meet today's guest, 
and he's Miles McBean, who's the National Director of Scripture Union England and Wales. Scripture Union works round the world to create opportunities for children and young people to explore the Bible, discover the message of Jesus for themselves, respond to that message if they wish, and grow in their personal faith. Scripture Union works through a mix of trained volunteers, local churches, and partner organisations. Here on the island, their partner organisation is Scripture Union Ministries Trust, a charity in its own right, with a small staff team and a big group of trained, very enthusiastic volunteers. That's right, yes. Um, and uh, this is my first time on the island, and it's lovely to have the opportunity to be with the Beach Mission and to meet with some of the folk from uh, SUMT. Yeah, SUMT, we've had a long partnership back to uh, when the mission was formed here in 1901, I think. And it's a great partnership. We help by providing some of the, the basic administration and resources and, and coaching and the like. But of course, wherever SU is around the world, or across the United Kingdom, context is all important. And making the eternal of Scripture right for a time and a place and a generation is what we're all about. And that is the massive challenge, isn't it? Because culture and family, education, everything has changed. You provide resources, you provide training, you provide all kinds of support to help young people to find and develop faith for themselves. So you must constantly have to be thinking what you're doing. Well, SU's always been about that. And when I talk to some of the older people who are busy in ministry in the 50s and the 60s, they would say they've always been about that. The challenge is the rate of change between generations, as it were, is so rapidly increasing that some sociologists say the whole concept of a generation is gone because from five years to five years, uh, children's attitudes in particular and the culture they're growing up in is changing very much. So we would do both the sort of academic stuff where you go out and do surveys, but more importantly, SU has always been a movement of volunteers. It's not a top-down organisation. It's the it's an old, like the cooperative, like that that wonderful Victorian habit of a gang of volunteers getting together and then creating an organism that can support them. So that's what we're all about, and that means that our our volunteers out there day in, day out, there may be parents, there may be grandparents, there may be youngsters themselves, can constantly be helping us to tailor and adapt the unchanging word of God. Back in 1867, when this was first started, Scripture Union was revolutionary at its time because it had taken some biblical principles that say children can and should be able to explore God in the Bible to understand the Jesus that they find there for themselves. I spent several years in Africa and I found that really useful because what we've realized evermore is that intergenerational ministry is cross-cultural ministry. And therefore you need to apply some of these same principles, allowing faith to develop in a given generation itself and for that generation to find the expression of worship, rather than another culture, which might be you or my culture, being applied and forced into them. Perhaps in a way that we would never think of doing if, as Westerners, we went to Africa these days. SU's focus has always been, but even more so now, is about looking out 
to those children who perhaps haven't had the blessing of growing up in a Christian home or having a connection to church. We talk quite often about going where the children are, but the gospel isn't. And so back in that day, uh, the 1950s or even the 1860s, as people were beginning to go on holiday, the beach was where the children were, but they certainly weren't expecting Jesus to be there. And so SU met them on the beach. These days it's very different. Now, we're not going to get on a plane and go to holiday destinations, but what we're about is going where the children are, which might be the local recreation ground, it might be in the school lunch break, and meeting them there. 95% of the children and young people in England and Wales, and I'll include the Isle of Man in there, but that's a very general statistic, have no real personal connection with the church. And that's close to 12 million children. So our focus is about working with the local church to provide resources and, and coaching. So our staff are less about doing, although they keep doing, to keep their own skills base up, but it's more about coaching and helping volunteers to go out and continue to do that wonderful work in their local community, going where the children are, but the gospel isn't. What's the relationship with schools? How keen are schools for you to be involved? It'll obviously depend very much on the school and many of our uh, local mission partners. So uh, we will often have uh, independent trusts in different places and different communities because they then have that local knowledge that we can uh, support, a little bit like we're doing here in the Isle of Man with SUMT. And then we can weld together the, the general uh, understanding and the principles and the framework not a programme, but a framework within which the local mission partners or the local churches can then work down into. And through those local connections into the local schools, we are able to then engage, often working with the teachers and the head teacher to help with assemblies and RE and curriculum work, where having a believer express what they believe can be very helpful to the curriculum. But then offering uh, opportunities for children and young people within the schools to, to opt in to going a little bit deeper. And, and so our framework now talks about connect, explore, respond and grow. And so we would seek with the, the local churches and in the school or in the community to allow children that opportunity to connect with each other, to explore Jesus in the Bible for themselves no Bible bashing here. It's part of that exploration. And then to respond to the Jesus they find there, perhaps, and to then to grow in their faith. The thing that seems to challenge young people mostly that is relationships. The complexity of relationships seems to be coming to them at a younger and younger age. It's something that our volunteers, the churches, the local mission partners get quite engaged with. I know here on the island, SUMT are very involved in supporting children and young people to think through what it means to have relationships. But more importantly, I think, in today's day and age, finding where your identity is. Now, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, as somebody who really believes in the Bible, then I follow the, that biblical worldview that says our core identity comes through our relationship with God through Jesus. That might not be the same for everybody, but presenting that radically different worldview to young people so that they can begin to see that they can think on their own feet they can work this through themselves and they can come to their own decisions. This message is part of being human. Where do we find our worth? 
where do we find our identity? The message from God revealed in Scripture and revealed in his son, Jesus, is that fundamentally our self-worth can never really be found in ourselves, And this is countercultural. It is found when we recognize the relationship that we can have with God through Jesus. And then you're on firm bedrock for the first time. Anything else that the, the, the youngster or indeed <laughs> the oldsters like us can find in this world is shifting sand. Jesus had that wonderful little parable about the man who built his house on the sand and the man who built his house on the rock. And what we're offering to children and young people is to explore that biblical message that you can build your life on the rock, which is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, rather than the shifting sand of society that shifts from every year to year and every habit to habit. One minute society and, and the press can be telling you that this is the bedrock and the next minute it's something else altogether. Miles, you obviously do what you do because you're passionate in your belief. Have you always been secure in your faith? No, no. I had the privilege of growing up in a, in a church-going family. And in that typical youngster teenage way, I would probably question whether my parents had a faith. It took me a while to recognise that they certainly did. And actually seeing my mother going through terrible pain and, and then dying of, of cancer and seeing her faith really coming out through that. But I didn't have a, a personal faith when I was a youngster. I went to church. I can remember as a two or three year old learning my first hymn and singing in Sunday school and being pestered by the local Glaswegian boys because we went in a kilt every Sunday morning because I came from a Highland family and they wanted to see what was under my kilt. But then what happened, I grew up in a church where really the implicit message was, if you do good and a little bit more good than bad, then when you get to heaven... At the pearly gates, there'll be some scales. And if you do a little bit more of the good than bad, then, then you might get in. And it gave me no assurance whatsoever for my life. And in fact, that's not the gospel of the Bible. The gospel is that your, your identity and your assurance comes through knowing that Jesus loves you regardless. But then that that very love that you experience and know causes you to change. It's not the laws that cause you to change. It's your delight at being so loved. Like my father never had to correct me on X, Y, and Z because I loved him so much that I wanted to show that love back. But then I got involved with a, a youth group which was led by a guy who was only a few years older than me. And he'd been heavily influenced by Scripture Union. And so he created a little youth group. None of the adults were that interested which, just like we're trying to do actually across the, the countries now, where that group of youngsters created a community that explored for themselves. And we had a wonderful time. We'd invite in every second week a speaker from across Glasgow to talk on a subject. And, and then the in-between in week, we'd explore the Bible for ourselves. And it was through that that I, that I came to know what it was all about to follow Jesus and to, to know him personally, weird as that might sound, that through reading about him and experiencing the Holy Spirit within my heart, I began to know this man, Jesus. And that's why uh, our, that new framework I was talking about that we're beginning to present and, and share with churches um, are, is called Revealing Jesus. And going back to your starting point about context and culture, in today's day and age, the most suspect thing is somebody coming and presenting themselves as an authority. And we know why. 
because our society has betrayed trust in authority. So for a young person, what they desperately desire now is an authentic person to journey with them as they journey in faith. And for that person through their life more than what they say or do to authentically reveal Jesus to them as Jesus reveals himself through scripture. So we're looking to come into today's generation, this postmodernist generation, where they don't trust that there is an absolute truth and in a way demonstrate an absolute truth that Jesus loves them through walking beside them and being authentic. You don't have to be a theological expert. You just need to be a faithful Christian disciple who's willing to be humble and open and journey with the children and young people like we're doing here in Port St. Mary at this very moment. I met a man by the mission parking lot. He didn't ask me for directions, but he told me he'd been lost somewhere between.
Fresh from their concert in the Centenary Centre last night, that's the talented brothers and sister trio Robinson Stone and Jessie LaBelle's hauntingly beautiful song, I Met a Man, all about finding faith in an unexpected place. My special guest this morning is Miles McBean, National Director of Scripture Union England and Wales, who made his first visit to the island this week to take a look at the Scripture Union Beach Mission in Port St Mary. Miles was talking a few moments ago about encouraging young people to discover and learn the message of Jesus for themselves, to discover their own self-worth. To quote Miles' own words, no brainwashing here. But what, I wondered, happens next? This overall framework, connect, explore, respond, grow, creates the what nexts, if that's a word. We looked at what we were doing and we recognised there needed to be more joined up. We, we saw that we were great at building certain things, but we weren't very good at helping the child or the young person to move through them. So, for example, you might connect with God's message for the first time through a big festival. But from that mountaintop big experience, where do you go when you get home and on Monday it isn't feeling so shiny? So we partner with people like the Message Trust who are particularly great at doing some things or we would partner with others who are great at social action so that we can bring our expertise, which is children and young people, to create the what next so that we would be working with the local churches to develop volunteers, again, we call them now faith guides because uh, that's what we want them to think about themselves. They're journeying with the children and young people through their faith development so that after that big event, people who want to then explore, they've connected, now they want to explore, they can connect up with that local church with these faith guides to then spend some time maybe on a week-to-week basis to journey. And then we create environments where perhaps these different groups of children can go away for a weekend with their faith guides to one of our holidays because we were experts at running holidays, but now we can do it more locally. And then there might be an annual big event like is going on at the moment in summer. So it's about creating those joined up what next thinking. Our front lines are in our day-to-day lives when we are looking to, as disciples, reveal Jesus to those who, who are around us. But certainly for today's youngster, in today's context, expressing what it means to be a follower of Jesus and a worshipping community with your friends might be very different to what we are used to. And one of the exciting things for us in this is what we have to do is listen to the children and young people and find out what are the questions they are asking of life and therefore of Jesus and the Bible right now, not the ones that we were thinking 40, 50, however old we are, years ago. And it's only by helping the children and young people to find the answers which are always there in Jesus and in the Bible to today's questions that we will allow them to discover Jesus and to grow in faith. And today's questions are just so different, but so wonderful. But the fundamentals are still the same. It's the Bible message. We were made in the image of God, but it went wrong in Genesis 3. Ever since, it's been that slightly warped, damaged, wonderful creation that God created. 
And the answer in our lives when we feel that warping and that gap, that gap there is Jesus-shaped. And it's when we discover that that we find our true identity, our true meaning and our true direction. Walk into my car I had a change of heart Thank you to my special guest today, National Director of Scripture Union England and Wales, Miles McBean, who spent a couple of days on the island this week, joining in the fun at the Port St Mary Scripture Union Beach Mission, which offers another week of daily sessions for children and young people from 0 to 17 years old. Everyone's welcome, activities are free. Take a look at their Facebook page, search for Port St Mary Beach Mission and you'll find all the information about session times and age groups right there. And Beach Mission Headquarters is Malmore on the Promenade in Port St Mary. And it's week two of the Beach Mission in Peel. The Peel Beach Mission meets on the beach by the kiosk each morning and afternoon from Monday to Friday. Morning sessions start at a quarter to eleven and afternoon sessions at half past two. And everyone's welcome to come and share fun and games based around interactive Bible stories. I don't know if Ruth Rice ever joined in a beach mission when she was growing up on the island, but I do know that she's got some family traditions that are still very precious to her, as you'll hear in a moment. Following a serious breakdown some years ago, Ruth founded Renew Wellbeing, cafe-style spaces where everyone is welcomed, supported and gently encouraged to find their own pathway to mental health. Each week, Ruth pops into the programme to share another letter from her personal alphabet of well-being, in the hope that what is good for her might be good for us too. Today, the letter is M. So, Ruth, what's M for? M is for making stuff. So, this is one of the things that we really like doing in our renew spaces. Um, these are well-being cafes, places where it's okay not to be okay. There's about 180 of them now across the UK. Started with one little space in Nottingham because I wasn't okay. And I'd found that doing certain hobbies had really helped my mental health. So, for example, painting stones. I really like doing that and putting little messages on them. Um, I like crochet. I liked upcycling furniture. I like a bit of gardening. And so making stuff. I think it comes from my lovely home and upbringing, my lovely mum and dad, Ken and Joan Quain, who you might know, and my sisters, we used to make stuff all the time. We'd always have a project on the go. I can remember once us making the whole of a Cluedo game just out of stuff we could find lying around the house. Now, it wasn't that my mum and dad were tight and wouldn't buy us one. They were very generous. We just really liked having a project. And even now, as grown-ups, we'll all get together and we'll like have to have a little project on the go, try and make something together. I See, I think making stuff is because we're in the image of the God who made us. He is a creator. He is the creator. And he is still creating in us his character. And so when we co-create with him, when we make some stuff, some beautiful stuff, (laughs) not even beautiful stuff, just the process of being creative, I don't know, for me, brings me closer to God. What do you like to make? Are you making some stuff at the moment? Have you got a little hobby on the go? M, making stuff. Thank you, Ruth Rice. And there'll be another letter from Ruth's Alphabet of Wellbeing next week. 
And that's almost all we have time for today. So let's finish with a look at our notice board and we'll start with things happening today. This afternoon, there's a summer afternoon tea in Old Kirk Braddon, today from half past two till four o'clock. It's a chance to explore the beautiful old church and historic churchyard and then enjoy a delicious afternoon tea. Also today, there's a warm welcome to join St Bridget's Church, Bride Parish Church, for their annual anniversary service of evening prayer, tonight at half past six, when the service will be led by Dr Tim Grass, with guest preacher Reverend Kevin Vondy and guest soloist Mr Ari Isinger. And now let's look ahead to next Sunday, the 14th. Sunday, August the 14th, is Reverend Joe Dudley's last day as Vicar of Christ Church in Laxey, and all are warmly invited to a service of the Word at half past ten to celebrate Reverend Joe's 11 years of ministry in Lonnon and Laxey. Happily, she isn't moving away, but just retiring to Ramsey, where we hope she'll continue to be very much a part of Ireland life. But Reverend Joe would love as many as possible to celebrate with her next Sunday morning at half past ten in Christchurch in Laxey. And also next Sunday, the 14th, there'll be that special service I mentioned at the start of the programme. It's in Union Mills Methodist Church, starting at a quarter past ten. It'll be led by visiting preacher Dr Tim McQuibbon from the Anglesey Brook Chapel and Museum of Methodism. This year is the 250th anniversary of the birth of Hugh Bourne, a man of remarkable faith and ability and one of the two co-founders of Primitive Methodism. Dr McQuibbon is bringing over a travelling exhibition which will be on display in Union Mills and during next Sunday's service he'll be talking about the life of Hugh Bourne and Primitive Methodist heritage. There's a warm welcome to all for what promises to be a fascinating service and it'll be followed by light refreshments and a chance to talk with Dr McQuibbon and take a look at the exhibition. That's Union Mills Methodist Church next Sunday the 14th at a quarter past ten. And that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back in the studio tonight from nine with Sundown and as well as easy listening music to round off the weekend, there'll be lots more general notice board news throughout the programme. I'd love you to join me if you can. So, till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning. Stay.